Welcome to this Rounds on Me. In this podcast, I will discuss interesting medical cases and explore the concepts, physiology, and medicine surrounding them. This episode is called Don't Break a HIPAA. My name is Ben. I'm a fourth year medical student who wanted to talk about medicine. And instead of scaring people at the local coffee shop by rambling to myself, I decided to do it into a microphone to fool people into thinking that I'm not totally crazy. Let's say you've scrounged up some time to do things outside of the hospital. One of the things that normal people talk about is what they've been doing at work. And if this is news to you, I would recommend stopping this podcast right now and going outside. I know many medical students, doctors, and other medical professionals that spend so much of their time in the hospital, they almost cease to have any other hobbies or activities in their lives. And here's the problem. When you go out, the most interesting parts of work for people in medicine usually involve patients. And I want to root my podcast in patient stories. But before I start telling stories, I need to make sure I wasn't going to lose my medical license before I even got it. Just so we're all on the same page about what HIPAA actually is, let's make it clear that HIPAA has nothing to do with a large semi-aquatic mammal, nor does it have anything to do with the anatomical area that this episode's bad pun is based on. The HIPAA I'm going to discuss is the law, TM. For this episode, I dove into the blogs, forums, and the actual text that compromises HIPAA to discover the do's and don'ts of medical storytelling, though to be fair, it was mostly don'ts. And I hope to share what I found with you so that you can tell fun stories at parties and keep your medical license. Prior to recording this podcast, I knew HIPAA in a vague, general sense. I watched the HIPAA training videos like everyone else, but honestly, I got a bit overwhelmed by the legal mumbo-jumbo. Like, I'm trying to be a doctor, not a lawyer. After a long week, I just want to tell my friends about my week. It's not like I'm a secret agent where everything I do is classified, but HIPAA is presented that way. So, a bit of a disclosure before we dive into this. Avoiding a HIPAA violation is kind of like avoiding an unintended pregnancy. The most effective way to not get pregnant is to not have sex. So, the most effective way to avoid breaking HIPAA is to not talk about or post about your work in the hospital. But, personally, I think that's a bit unrealistic on both accounts. So, instead, how do you do it in a safe way? In the words of HIPAA, individu- this is a direct quote, individually identifiable health information that is created or received by a healthcare provider, and then a bunch of other words for healthcare provider, and relates to the past, present, or future physical or mental health or condition of an individual 
the provision of health care to an individual or the past, present, or future payment for the provision of health care to an individual and identifies the individual or there is a reasonable basis to believe that the information can be used to identify the individual. <laughs> so, <laughs> to translate that into English, I broke it into two parts. Part one, you cannot talk about anything that relates to a patient. Well, if there were not a part two, this podcast would stop right now. But the part two is after the and, which is very important. It's a qualifier saying if that information isn't enough to identify someone, it's okay to talk about. So the takeaway is that nobody, including the patient themselves, should be able to figure out who you're talking about. HIPAA then goes on to name 18 identifiers that must be removed slash not shared. And honestly, you can skip the next 45 seconds or so as they aren't particularly relevant. But for completeness sake, I'm going to name the 18 identifiers. They are name, geographic area, smaller than state or a weird zip code thing, dates related to the person, phone and fax numbers, email, social security number, medical record number, health insurance beneficiary number, account numbers, certificate and license numbers, vehicle identifiers, device identifiers, and serial numbers, URLs, IP addresses, biometric identifiers, including finger, retinal, and voice prints, full face photos, and any other unique identifying number, characteristic, or code. Now, I don't know what type of stories you like to tell, but most of these things sound fairly irrelevant to me, which is exactly why HIPAA is so confusing. Let me give you a few examples of things that don't use any of these identifiers, but are still complete breaches of HIPAA. I met this really interesting patient today. He had a bit of a funny accent. He must have been from Germany or something. And oh my god, he had a mustache and this crazy hairdo like he'd just been shocked or something. But anyway, he was telling me these fascinating physics things he does for work. Like really interesting stuff. Relativity or something. Incredible. Or, I had this truly presidential patient today. He was quite a tall glass of water. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Really rocked the top hat. I think he may have even had Marfan syndrome. Or even, I was talking to this elderly African-American patient. He had a really deep, silky, smooth voice. He had these interesting freckles on his face. I was actually concerned about them. But he said he'd had them forever. And something about uh, starring in a movie for a while. Anyway, well, these are kind of silly exaggerations and notable and I use notable celebrities to prove a point. The idea is that you likely never met these people and you know who I'm talking about from a single sentence. And if you didn't, it's Einstein, Lincoln, and Morgan Freeman, respectively. And seriously, you should have guessed at least one out of three. They, they really weren't that hard. So this shows that seemingly benign details can coalesce into something identifiable, but it also provides interesting insight into what makes someone identifiable. If those details are irrelevant to what you're trying to say, leave them out or change them. You'd never know I was talking about Michael Jordan if I described him as an average height white man. So you could do that. Then he wouldn't be identifiable. Keep it vague. If your local Facebook sleuth, and trust me, he's probably pretty good, people are really creepy these days, could use it and find this person, 
it's probably too specific. To really boil down the entire concept to an easy rule of thumb, imagine the person you are talking about is standing next to you and they work part-time as a detective. They should still not be able to figure out that you're talking about them. Now, how about a more concrete example to sum this all up? You're working on call on Tuesday and a 25-year-old white guy named John Smith who works on a farm outside the city comes in via helicopter. He's in apparent septic shock. He has no other comorbidities. You hit him with fluids and empiric antibiotics and pressors. And finally, you stabilize him. But it was close and you thought you were going to lose him. It was really scary. You're a bit shook. And so at the end of the week with your friends, they ask, hey man, how's your week? And you respond, the craziest thing happened. I had this young patient. They came in from far away and they were really sick. We had to give them fluids and pressors and antibiotics. We were finally able to stabilize them. It was definitely scary because they were otherwise relatively healthy. They were pretty young. In this, the essence of the story is still captured, but some of the details are vague or not even included. Could this guy know you were describing him? Eh, maybe. But it could just as easily be any of your other patients. So he wouldn't really know, and neither would your friends, and that's the point. Now, if you're still listening, maybe you're curious. Why does this law exist? When did it start? What's its history? I'm so glad you asked. HIPAA was passed in 1996 as the country realized we needed to start digitizing our medical records. Additionally, its goal was, somewhat ironically, to make healthcare more efficient and also increase the number of Americans with healthcare coverage. In making all these records digital, the government thought, uh oh, we have a lot of personal information that needs to be protected. So, in 1999, the privacy rule was proposed, and, and this is an actual quote, because of the enormous volume of comments received regarding the regulations, as well as a change in the executive branch leadership following the 2000 presidential election, the HIPAA privacy rule evolved through several iterations before the final version was issued in 2002. Basically, they proposed it and it needed a lot of work and so it wasn't ready for three years. Other notable aspects of HIPAA history include fines for non-compliance which were instituted in 2006 and in 2009 the High Tech Act was passed which both raised the penalties and incentivized increased usage of electronic medical records. Most of the notable HIPAA non-compliance cases involve large medical entities, not individuals though that doesn't give you a pass to go spouting random HIPAA jargon and getting your patients and your uh, medical entity in trouble. But despite that, we'll briefly dive into one of these just so you can get the idea of a HIPAA non-compliance case. It was a hot Texas day when, actually I have no idea if it was hot, but in, it was in Texas, so I think that's a pretty solid guess when a hospital system issued a press release that contained the names of a patient. This was a big no-no, and they were fined $2.4 million for it. So it's important to remember that HIPAA is not just a with great power comes great responsibility. That's a Spider-Man quote from Uncle Ben, not me. It's meant to protect real people. Being HIPAA compliant is not just about avoiding fines. 
it's not just about doing it because your hospital says so, but it's about protecting real people. So go out there, be fun, be cool, and be safe. See you next week or whenever I have time to make a new episode. Thanks for listening. This Rounds on Me is written and recorded by Ben Salwin. Audio production is by Ali Salwin. Theme music is A Rush of Blood to the Heart by Mr. Ruiz, which is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 4.0 international license. Cover art is by Aaron Ergen. For more episodes and info, check us out on This Rounds on Me pod at podbean.com.